Welcome back to the Mortgages, Money and More podcast. I'm Craig Skelton, Principal of CS Mortgage Solutions and CS Retirement Solutions. And today we're talking about buy-to-let mortgages with Matt Taylor. Hi, Matt. Morning, Craig. Morning. First time on the podcast, Matt. So do you want to uh, tell the world a bit about yourself? Yeah, great. Thanks, Craig. Very exciting. A bit daunting as well. I'm Matt Taylor. I'm a mortgage protection specialist with CS Mortgage Solutions. It's great working for a company with like-minded aspirations, really. I've always, for the last 22, 23 years, worked within the financial services, within estate agents, within banks, building societies. Digging deep down, really, it's just really a case of getting to know my customers so that I can give my best sort of help and advice so that the customers get the best deal possible and that's reflected really in everything I've done over the last sort of 22 years and hopefully my wealth of experience will show when I give my advice to customers. 22 years of experience in the financial advice world and one day of experience in the podcasting world but you'll be fine Matt honestly you'll be fine you'll be fine. So yeah you've got quite a bit of experience behind you and uh, based in Blackpool you're enjoying life over there? Absolutely yeah it's absolutely lovely most Days tend to be sunny here compared to where I used to live up in the lakes. It's beautiful. We're taking the dog out for a walk in the morning and seeing the sunsets in the evening. Yeah, it's lovely. Let's crack on and let's talk about, so today, buy-to-let mortgages, uh, and that's what we're talking about. So do you want to explain, if you can, in one sentence, what a buy-to-let mortgage is? Yeah, a buy-to-let mortgage is a mortgage which isn't for your own residential needs. It's a mortgage where you're looking to buy a property for an investment purpose and a buy-to-let mortgage just facilitates that purchase for you. So it's not for something that you're going to be living in, it's something that you're going to be renting out. Fine. Okay, so how does a buy-to-let mortgage work then, Matt? Briefly, how does a buy-to-let mortgage work? A buy-to-let mortgage works. It's The property is assessed on rental income, so very much different from a normal residential mortgage where maybe a lender assesses each borrower's sort of income and go through affordability checks. So a buy-to-let mortgage works quite different. It's assessed really based upon the rental income of the property that the the clients are looking to buy. And there's a, a little bit of a formula and a calculation within that, which is perfecting a way for coming to a specialist like myself or one of the team. And we can sort of talk you through whether that property will meet the sort of guidelines for the different sort of lenders and that will sort of facilitate in giving you that that particular buy-to-let mortgage. With sort of standard residential mortgages then, the amount that you can borrow is based on your income, your expenditure, your debts and things like that, whereas with buy-to-let mortgage, what you're saying is it's based on the rental income. Some mortgage lenders do have certain sort of set barriers where you need to pass or set criteria. For instance, some lenders want the applicant to maybe earning 20000 or 30000 There are some lenders out there where they don't have any set income levels. But again, that's part of what I do within the sort of role in trying to sort of advise you with the best sort of deal or the best options when it comes to the buy-to-let. When you sort of said before about some weird calculator in terms of they have, the lenders will base the affordability or what you can borrow based on your rental income. So is that some sort of, you said it's a weird calculator. Is that is there any sort of basis on that or how roughly how does that work? It's called a, an ICR rental calculation, so an income coverage ratio. And each sort of mortgage lender 
as it just slightly different and it's I think it's a way for them to, to make sure that they protect themselves if the client doesn't get a landlord uh, doesn't get a a tenant, yeah. Yeah, a, a tenant in, in that particular property. So they're very much a case of, for instance, I can sort of talk you through one particular lender and, and their calculation, if, if you'd like me to. I think it'd be good just to get a, a rough idea. Obviously, I totally accept what you're saying, Matt, where people, if I'm thinking about buy-to-let property, then I do need to speak to somebody like yourself that will, will go through the calculations and things like that. But if you can get a brief like just a, an idea of how that works because is it down to your ta- like if you're a basic rate taxpayer or a high rate taxpayer that comes into play as well doesn't it buying any sort of property on a buy-to-let basis the taxation part is very important that's one of the sort of key things on the sort of calculations okay yeah matt if you've got a sort of quick calculation to hand that would be uh, beautiful like i said i know it's important that somebody sits down with somebody like yourself and goes into a bit more detail because you will look at all the lenders and each lender has a different calculation but if you could just explain like a typical one that would be great yeah absolutely craig for instance the natwest they have a stress test which is at 5.5 percent the on my property which is a, a long size of 80,000 and it's a purchase price of say 125,000 so the loan to value of with that is about 75% with NatWest they're looking for a potential rent required of around sort of 367 pounds I think one of based upon one of my clients what I've done recently and that was a similar quite a similar scenario I think he was expecting a rent of about 550 it just sort of gives you a little bit of an idea of what rents you may need depending on the deposit and the, the mortgage amount needed for each different particular lender fine okay yeah so it's important that it stacks up from a rental point of view it's not only just about getting the property and getting the, the property at the right price it's making sure that the rental of that particular property stacks up as well so no that, that gives us a good idea matt to be fair so uh, thanks very much for that you sort of said something before about clients income so with buy to let's is the sort of the client's own personal income important when if i was looking to buy to that property it is, definitely, because I think most mortgage lenders, whether it's residential or whether it's buy-to-let, they still want to make sure that the mortgage is affordable. Just for instance, if you don't have a tenant for a, a set period of time, the mortgage lenders want to make sure that the mortgage is still affordable and that it still can be paid. However, different sort of lenders have different sort of set criteria. Some lenders have a very small criteria uh, and they just want to make sure that you're you're working and that income is coming through the door. Other mortgage lenders, they, as I said before, they set have set amounts that you must earn X amount of money before they will look at offering you a, a buy to let mortgage. That's all part of the sort of process really of coming to myself because again all the different aspects of buy to let that sort of really reflects on the sort of rental income how it's assessed, your income details and also the deposit that you put down. And that's where experts like myself can sort of narrow and get you the best sort of provider and the best deal for your buy to let mortgage. So if I'm clear from a client point of view, there are some lenders that I don't need to earn any money. There are some lenders where you can earn a little amount and then there's some lenders where they require that you earn a certain, like like you said, about 25,000. So I think it's important just to discuss with somebody like yourself where don't put, be put if, you, if you don't have any income and you're looking to abide to that mortgage, then that's still okay. There are still lenders out there that will lend you the money. It's just obviously from a funnel point of view, it just means that they're slightly less lenders 
partners in the marketplace that look to do that. So Don't be concerned if you're a first-time landlord either, because first-time landlords want to get on that, on that property market. Recently, I, I had a claim who didn't own his own property, but he wanted to buy a rent, rental property because the property he was living in was right for him and his circumstances. He, he wanted to buy a buy-to-let for the investment purpose for himself and his future ties on then to, to my next question really into when so if I don't you talk about first time landlord and we'll probably need to cover that a little bit in terms of what that actually means so if I don't own my own property I'm in rent at the moment or I'm living with my parents or living with family or uh, and I don't own my main residence or my main home can I still get a buy to let mortgage then Absolutely. Yes, you can. And again, there's still quite a few providers out there which offer really, really good deals to facilitate that, definitely. That doesn't really want to be putting people off if they don't own them. It's something that they still can do. So like I say, we, it's just, I, think, I suppose it's just taking, we work, the lenders that we work with, you're just narrowing the funnel down to, if you've got no income, that just narrows the, the amount of lenders down. If you've got, if you're a first-time landlord, that just narrows it down a bit more. But obviously from a client's point of view, it's just understanding what options I have. And there are, from what you're saying, Matt, then it's clear to see that there are options out there. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of options out there. We use all the sort of 50 of the better known lenders as well. We've got a lot of options and a lot of top lenders that we, we can sort of access to get sort of every need, really. Okay. But going back to, you sort of mentioned about that calculator before, the calculation that you did and looking at the, the rental income to be received. You sort of said about the deposit, you based it on 25%. Is that pretty standard, a 25% deposit for a buy to let? I think 25% probably gets you the best deals on the marketplace. However, you can have a less deposit. There's quite a lot of providers out there where you will need a 20% deposit. Probably six months, 12 months ago, there were a few out there where you needed 15%. As the market is changing and lenders are changing their policy and criteria all the time, it's just really a case of coming and having a chat with me and see what's available at that particular time. I think, like you say, going back before pre-COVID, then I think the, what, there was obviously more options in the marketplace from a buy-to-let, but there, there still are options out there with a lower deposit. I think we tend to find that it goes back to the rental calculation again, doesn't it, in terms of with the deposit, because if the, you might have got 20% deposit, but then the rental can, calculation doesn't stack up, then you might need to look at on a 25% deposit or even more, depending on the situation. But most landlords, most investors are looking for the minimum that they can put down. So generally speaking, to get the more the most products on the market, you're looking at ideally 20, like you say, you can do less, so you could do 20, but ideally you want to be looking at 25%. Is that fair to say, Matt? And then you've got the choice of, of the full marketplace. Going back, one of the other things was about interest only and repayment. So because we tend to find that most buy-to-let mortgages are on an interest only, do you want to just quickly explain the difference between interest only and repayment first of all interest only is very popular amongst sort of landlords to be honest when they get a buy to let mortgage interest only quite often if you took a mortgage out for instance of a hundred thousand pounds in your property that you're buying was say one hundred and fifty thousand pounds and you receiving rental income every month from that property then all you will be doing is paying interest on that mortgage of say a hundred thousand pounds for the term of that mortgage mortgage at the end of the term you would still have a hundred thousand pounds left so what a lot of landlords tend to do is either sell sell the property and then they've got whatever the property's 
either increased in value or decreased. Hopefully it will have increased. Many landlords tend to use that method. However, some landlords prefer to go down a capital interest basis. How that works is, say, the £100,000 mortgage from day one, set on a 25-year term. In the early years, you'll pay majority of interest with a small amount of capital. Then towards the end of the 25 years, you'll start making larger repayments to that capital. And at the end of the 25 years, then you know that the mortgage is fully repaid and there's no risk involved in if the property is if you need to sell the property or if you're going to lose money on maybe having to sell the property to to repay the loan. There are landlords, like most landlords do interest only, but there's nothing to say that you can't do repayment when you're looking at buy to lets to know that the after the term 25 years or whatever the case may be, then the, the mortgage is paid off. Or if you're doing the interest only, which is the more popular one, then you've still got the capital to, to pay off at the end of the, uh, the term. Going back to the term bit, what is the term important? So when we're talking from a landlord's point of view, what do they, is it normally 25 years? Does it vary? It varies completely. Buy to let mortgage terms are, are, are very flexible. They can go up to uh, a maximum of 40 years, a minimum of five years or even less. But it's really just down to you and your circumstances. If you're taking a mortgage over on the interest-only mortgage, the term is just really there as a sort of setting point on whether or when you will probably sell that property to repay your buy to let mortgage if it's interest only, then the term's irrelevant, really. It, it is relevant, but ultimately it is irrelevant on the fact that there's no, there's no so you're not paying off the, the capital anywhere. Yeah, and I think that the term, sometimes we have quite a lot of the, the older investors and they're a little bit worried that there's a sort of a, a maximum age cap. There is on residential mortgages. That's not the case as much with sort of buy-to-let lenders. Um, and we, we get quite a lot of the sort of people who are more mature, who are wanting to go down the, the buy-to-let route. In terms of the standard residential mortgage where you're looking at two-year fix, three-year fix, five-year fix, even 10-year fix now with some of the lenders, is that the same concept with a buy-to-let mortgage? Is it you're still looking at a two-year fix, five-year fix, depending on the client's sort of situation and what their uh, sort of needs and wants are? Absolutely, yeah. Very sort of similar to residential mortgages. The the rates tend to be a little bit higher than maybe a standard residential. Um, you're probably maybe looking at maybe 0.8 sort of basis points more than a sort of standard residential mortgage. In years gone, the rates used to be substantially higher, but I think the markets have really sort of reclassified and, and the, the products are sort of really sort of low compared to what they have been in years gone past, which is really, really competitive. Right, okay, brilliant. And is the process the same with a buy-to-let mortgage as it is a standard residential from a point of view of you're looking for, you find a property, you've sort of applied for, you've got your deposit, you find your property, you apply for the mortgage, the surveys instructed, solicitors are involved. Is that pretty much a similar sort of process? It completely mirrors a normal sort of residential mortgage. One of my clients, what I had recently, they came to myself and I managed to sort of look on right move because they were a first time investor. I managed to look on right move, different sort of properties which were there in their sort of price range and how much they wanted to maybe cover for rental income and how much as a deposit they wanted to receive back. So again, I can sort of help and give them ideas based upon sort of rental income, what they may receive depending on what they're looking to buy as well. 
perfect. So I'm getting the message that if I'm looking at becoming a, even if I'm a first time landlord or experienced landlord, the first thing I need to do is speak to somebody like yourself that can explain the process and get into a bit more detail about affordability and what rental incomes to expect and also as well deposits and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely recommend that. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Matt. Is there anything else that we've not talked about in terms of that's relevant with buy-to-let mortgages? Just probably we've not really sort of touched on maybe existing landlords who have got maybe quite a few, quite a lot of mortgage lenders. They have sort of set numbers of how many buy-to-lets you can own. But again, that, that's something why I can sort of certainly advise you on and go down the route on selecting the best optical lender, which will facilitate your buy-to-let needs, really. Brilliant. No, that's a very good point, man. We haven't talked about that, which is a good point. But it, and it goes back to the fact, again, that the best thing to do is to speak to an advisor from, from, from that point of view. So perfect. Brilliant. Matt, thank you for taking the time to be part of the podcast today. And your first one is over and done. So you can relax now and uh, chill out a bit. And now you've done your first one, you, I won't be able to get you from trying to stop you from being on here now. I'm sure you'll be back with more interesting topics. So yeah, thanks very much for your time today. Hopefully that wasn't too painful. No, not too bad. Yeah, looking forward to the next one. I can hear your teeth gritting from here, mate, so don't worry about that. Thanks very much for sort of stepping out of your comfort zone and taking time to be uh, part of the podcast. Next time, I guess, will be Angela Owens, and we're talking about first-time buyers. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>